Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Guys, we have a really special guest here tonight. Um, someone that's been just dying to get on the show. We kept telling him, go away, go away. He finally yeah. broke us down. So he is going to be joining us here in just a couple minutes. We're going to be breaking down pretty much the first half of the college football season with him. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, should we just jump right into news here real quick, Colin, before we, uh, before we bring them in? Yeah, let's do that. Let's knock those out real quick. Let's do it. Perfect. Before we do that, we got to say this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group, along with a ton of other great podcasts, including the true North fantasy podcast, the play to win podcast, dynasty, happy hour, injury prone podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, dynasty vipers, the smoke show and the fantasy points podcast itself. You can follow all of them on one place on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live, or you can check out their Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. All right, Colin, some quick news points here, and then we're going to get our guest in. Uh, first news point, Cameron Harris, uh, running back for Miami, done for the season, uh, suffered a knee injury in their game this week against UNC. Jalen Knighton came in in relief, went 17 for 92 and two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, had another 73 yards and a touchdown through the air. Uh, Knighton and, and Cody Brown probably both rostered in your leagues, but if they are not, uh, I would be looking to go grab one of them. They could get you some nice production down the stretch here. Um, the next uh, news segment there, Will Rogers, AC joint injury, uh, no timetable given. Surprise, surprise, coming from Mike Leach. I mean, he's, uh, he's the king of no news and not reporting injury news here looking like it's going to be uh juco transfer chance lovertich uh at the helm here he's been the backup all year uh he's a zero star guy coming out he didn't have any offers ended up going to juco he had a one offer coming out there he went to south alabama and then ended up at mississippi state somehow i don't think this is a guy to get excited about as much as i love mississippi state quarterbacks I'm just fingers crossed that it's going to be Sawyer Robertson season. They play Vanderbilt this weekend, though, right? You got to feel pretty good about whoever plays. I mean, I, are you are you going to go pick up Lovertich in in like 20 seconds or less? Would you do that? Yeah, I think I would still go pick him up. Uh, if I have better options at quarterback, though, I would prefer to go that way. But um, there's still some bye weeks this week, so you know you can start him in a pinch for sure. Good old bye weeks. Um, speaking of quarterbacks that might be out this week. Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin, has said that he is, quote, not in very good shape and uh, that he does not feel good about him playing as of right now. Uh, Matt Corral, obviously, you know, leading one of the leading uh, Heisman candidates this season, been a, a mega fantasy producer, had 195 yards rushing on the ground. That's probably the source of part of the problem. Uh, we, we, let's hopefully uh, get Corral healthy uh, and hopefully someone can teach that kid how to slide. Yeah, I mean, when you give him a Derrick Henry workload of 30 carries, what do you expect? <laughs> um, I, I Yeah, I, that's that's definitely one to monitor. Um, other big news, non-player related here. Ed Orgeron is out at LSU after the end of this year. Quite the fall from grace uh, after that, you know, historic offense of 2019 and the national title. And then, you know, last year, COVID year, weird year, they go five and five. Um, this year they're four and three now, but just really not getting it done. 
kind of sounds like the players have kind of given up on him a little bit there too. Doesn't really sound like they're behind him that much, uh, which is a little bit surprising. Uh, but I don't know who they're going to get. That's better to be honest. Like who's out there right now. There are some interesting uh, names that, is, that some of the sports books have released odds. Um, obviously too early to comment on that. Joe Brady. I think they'll, they'll at least, you know, make him say no. Uh, a couple other names there to monitor as well. Uh, do you, which job do you think USC job or your LSU job is better? Uh, I think the USC job is better only because they're out in the Pac-12. Who do you have to go through in the Pac-12? You have to go through Oregon. Um, I think both of these schools are blue bloods. I think both of these schools, it's going to be very easy to recruit to. Um, I would rather have to go through Oregon and not have to go through Bama not have to go through uh, Auburn, you know, when they're coming back and they're good. Georgia's in the SEC. You'll get them every, you know, so often in the crossovers. And then in the pack in the SEC title games, you got Oklahoma, Texas coming in then soon too. Um, you know, I, I think I would just much rather be out in California too, where it's, uh, there's a lot of talent out there. When USC is good, they can own some good talent in California. They could have had Bryce Young if they had somebody good. Or DJU. Both came from, from uh, rival high schools out there. Uh, last piece of news here, guys. Transfer portal. The portal is heating back up. We're hitting that point in the season. We've got two decent-sized names that have entered the portal here. Uh, Coy Moore, probably in relation to the Ed Orgeron firing uh, at wide receiver at LSU, has entered the portal. Um, I, I liked him a lot as a prospect. He was a high three-star kid. Thought he would get some run there, but he's kind of been surpassed by some of the... Oh, he was he a four-star? Yeah, he was a okay. low four-star. Okay, I thought he was a high three-star. So, okay. So, he was a low four-star. Um, but, yeah, all these freshman guys kind of passed him by on the depth chart. So, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. And then Caffrey Brown, Deami Brown's brother, we thought that he would make some noise at UNC. got injured there during spring. and seems like he's never really kicked on there with the Tar Heels. So, he'll be looking for a new home as well. Um, uh, too early to speculate on where those guys go, but just something to monitor, especially if you have either of those guys, you could have some fortunes changing for the better. Yeah. I think what, um, university of Tennessee, I think was the only other school, like big school to offer Coffrey Brown. I think that one's, that's a fit that makes sense. You know, they're going to need some re uh, receiving talent there, but obviously Hypel wasn't the one who recruited him. So different staff completely. Yeah. All right, Colin. We, we, we've waited long enough. We've dragged our feet. Uh, Got to bring this guy in here finally. Before Special he kicks down the door. Tonight. It's Felix Sharp. Felix <laughs> is the co-founder of CampusToCanton.com. He is a host of the Debbie Debate Podcast. Co-host of the me. Film Nerds. Thank me. Thank me. It's really uh, <laughs> your pleasure for having me here, guys. <laughs> Uh, the check is in the mail. Uh, it's hefty, but you know we, the whole year's budget went on just this appearance for tonight for Felix. So we are very excited to have him here. That's why so. we don't get many guests on here. We save up for the yes. big ones. Yes. I mean, this is I my don't... favorite show. I've I've told you guys that before. So uh, you know, me being here, it means it means a lot. I did not interrupt the news segment, and you know that it just bothered me. <laughs> so we can see you down on like on the, in the backstage and i could see it was driving you crazy you're you know, well, in the chat too he's got i mean you're talking about the difference between lsu and in 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 usc is jobs i mean it's obviously lsu people in california you know that they wake up at like seven and ten between seven and ten o'clock in eastern time i mean this is the lazy <laughs> no talent state that we should get rid of their time zone <laughs> I don't well, disagree I, with the time zone. 
we, we'll, we'll pass that along. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I, 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 I kind of think LSU is the better job too, but um, yeah, who, who knows? I think they're um, very, very equal. I just would prefer USC. I'll take the lazy route. Colin wants to wake up between 7 and 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm too worried to. about surfing and, you know, green fruit juice or whatever out there. So, <laughs> I don't play. There's no good football in California. And you can tell Tommy Mo I said it. And- <laughs> we, we will send this episode directly to him uh, before, before it even goes live. All right, Felix, we've got, I guess, I guess kind of a mid-season review here to chat with you about. Um, some some of your you know in quotes your guys uh, that you've been really big on talked a lot about. Let's start with Anthony Richardson, a quarterback for Florida. There, kind of been in a battle there with Emory Jones. If they go back and forth there as to who's the guy at any given time. Why are you so high on him though? I mean, why wouldn't anybody be high on Anthony Richardson? I mean. I don't know that I throw around the word elite a lot, but Anthony Richardson is absolutely an elite athlete. So if we're going to talk, we're playing in campus to Canton leagues, we're playing in, in, in C2Cs or you're in Debbie. The, what you want to do is get players who have a chance to be NFL players. Well, you got to check some boxes to do that. And Anthony Richardson coming in as a freshman checks boxes He checks the athleticism box. He checks the size box. The thing that he needs to improve on is experience, throwing the ball, make good decision-making. But we know he can throw the ball at 70 yards. We saw the video from the Elite 11 camp or whatever. I think it was the Elite 11 camp where he just tosses the ball um, uh, 70 yards. We know what he can do running the ball. I mean, we saw it it last year in that uh, game against Florida where they lined him up at and I, excuse me, the game in the bowl game against Oklahoma, where they lined him up at wide receiver, and, the, and they gave him some opportunities at quarterback there. I mean, this kid is one of the best athletes we've seen at the position in some time, maybe since Cam Newton. I would even put him ahead of Lamar Jackson because of that uh, the size adjusted athleticism there. He's six four. They got him listed at I think he's at up to two thirty, two forty now. And you see him outrunning defensive backs. So who in their right mind, Austin, would be, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that as a college prospect. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I don't want the I don't want the two foot 240 foot 240 pound quarterback who runs a four or five. No, 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 no. Too 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 much athleticism for me. Does he have some does he have some areas where he needs to improve? Yep, absolutely. But he's a freshman and you and give me some of those tools that he has. And let's see, let's see what we get. Let's see what we get. Well, you you are very much a tools guy. I mean, I not to try to box you into. I mean, that that seems to generally be your type of player. Sounds like you're boxing me in. We're we're going to talk about a couple other quarterbacks here that are toolsy here tonight. And your 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 favorite wide receivers are the Troy O'Meary types. You have big athletes as well. So it should come as no surprise that you're a big Anthony Richardson guy here. Realistically, what do you? What what are the realistic outcomes for him? Like what what is the range here that we're looking at? I mean, you just comped him to athletically better than Cam Newton, better than Lamar Jackson. I mean, which one of those statements is I didn't? Which one of those statements is false? I as as size adjusted wise, he is a he's a better athlete than Lamar Jackson. I, that's so. What's what what so, are the outcomes here? I mean, what what, yeah. what can we what can we so, hope for? I think realistically, realistically, the 
possible outcome is he is the number one pick in an NFL draft and some sort of subsequent NFL draft. That's what I think. That's what I think because I don't know that the NFL is going to make the same mistake with Lamar Jackson that they uh, with Anthony Richardson that they made with Lamar Jackson. Let him fall to number thirty-two. I just don't see that happening again. If listen, this is his first year as a starter. All of this is dependent on him improving on the benchmarks that he's already established. If he doesn't, then no. Maybe he's like a gadget guy a la Pat White or something like that. For the kids who don't remember Pat White, he, Collins uh, raising his <laughs> fist. He, he was this West Virginia quarterback that was really dynamic. Much smaller, though. Much he smaller played quarterback in the NFL, didn't he, for the Dolphins? He, Barely. Was, he kind of, yeah. He, he, had, he had a cup of coffee in the NFL. Okay, I thought. But that. if he doesn't, if he, I, I remember Pat White. He was there with Steve Slayton. I think Tavon. Austin that's right. Was on that offense. That's too. right. Okay. Noel, I feel like Noel Devine back in those days yes. was a very highly highly touted running back. But if he improves on where he's at now, and he's he's very good, then how, how? Like he's yes. The possible outcome is him him being the number one pick in maybe the 2023 or 2024 NFL draft. I mean, can't we saw Cam Newton transfer from Juco have that one year at uh, one dynamic year at Auburn and then become the number one pick that's in the range of outcomes for Anthony Richardson. He, he compares favorably to Cam Newton as an athlete. So I don't see why he couldn't be a number one pick. And you think about where you could get him in C2C drafts earlier this year, very late, very, very late. Because not everyone was as high on him as I was, so um, well he was he stuck behind future first round pick Emory Jones too, and that that obviously doesn't help. That was, that was so funny. It was so funny. I mean, but he's just he's just an exciting player, and if you, we want fantasy football to be fun, he's such a fun player to cheer for and to watch. I mean, you see him get get in for a half, and he's running over linebackers, running past cornerbacks and and you know and you think that he's not a good passer and then you see him put these dimes on wide receivers because he changes the math on the defense and he's leading in and running backs and wide receivers are running all alone um just one of my favorite players to watch and you know if it's two if it's one more year or two more years where we get to see him as a starter he's just going to be an excellent story to track and one day i'll say yep see austin you were wrong so where would you take him in a C2C draft if you had to do a startup today? That's a good question, sir. It's a very you. good question. Thank you. Thank you. Um can we just let's just stick to the quarterbacks because it's hard to say where I would take him, you know, considering all of the positions, but let's I was looking at it today. I currently have him ranked 17th. I just moved him ahead of Tyler Buchner and ahead of JJ McCarthy and CJ Stroud. Um Let's take out the 2022 guys. 2022 guys. Matt Corral, gone. Sam Howe, gone. I think Carson Strong is gone. Malik Willis is gone. That's four. DJ Uyunglele continues to fall. Um, Quint Ewer is still there. Grayson McCall is interesting, but I think he's still going to be there. Jay Kaner, one of my favorites. That's why I'm not – that's why you can't box me in, because I like Jay Kaner, <laughs> and Jay Kaner doesn't have all of the tools that all of these other – I don't know. Do you see him running against Oregon? You look great. Yeah, out there. and you've yeah. always called him a terrible athlete. He's not a terrible athlete. He's a. I, I said this before. I think on Debbie debate, he is a Tony Romo level athlete. 
He's a Tony Romo level athlete. He, and you know what it was, it was interesting about that game? And I was watching part, parts of it. I, for some reason, Fox 2 was very blurry on my screen. Like I was watching TV in 2001 or something like that. But I was still watching it some because I wanted to see they had the 330 game. He, his arm strength makes appearances at times. Like that's that's the, the question that I have about Jake Hayner. I know we're not talking about him, but I'm like, does Jake Hayner have an NFL arm? And every once in a while, you'll see him be on the right hash and throw a corner route to the left hash. You're like, hmm. If he can do that, maybe, you know, maybe it's there. Maybe he, I didn't think Russell Wilson had the arm strength that uh, Wisconsin that he does now. You see him throwing these long rainbows. You know, maybe, maybe. Jake Hayner can improve on all of the things that he all already does well mentally with the game. Maybe he can improve. Make, maybe he can improve physically because I, I do think that I, I, Jake Hayner is the Dak Prescott, the Russell Wilson, the Tom Brady of this draft class. If he comes out, he's going to be the third or fourth round draft pick that I'm telling everybody right now, you need to go ahead and have Jake Hayner on your roster because he can develop into an NFL starter. And I don't care what Colin Decker has to say about that. I all, I don't have anything else to say about that other than Felix is the only person I know that can turn a conversation about Anthony Richardson into a Jake Hayner hype talk. <laughs> so, I mean, we look at, I mean, I've, I've eliminated, I don't know, eight names from here from the list of quarterbacks if we take out the 2022 guys. Where would I take him? It's going to be in the top 10. It's going to be in the top 10-ish range, top 10-ish to 15-ish range amongst quarterbacks once we get rid of those 2022 guys. But of the guys that we've identified, I think perhaps only Bryce Young is the one who can just blow up and win you. Just you have him rostered and he wins you your league. Anthony, after Bryce Young, it's Anthony Richardson. Because Anthony Richardson can put up a Heisman season if he's the starter. I mean, think about how think about what Kyle Trask did um, uh, with under in Dan Mullen's offense. What could he do with Anthony Richardson? I mean, you're talking about about a guy who could have 20 touchdowns rush, just running, just rush, just rushing, just being used as a goal line quarterback. 20 touchdowns rushing. Um, what was the question? Where would I take him? Yeah, 15. <laughs> It's range. Let me just check somewhere, my watch here. Yeah, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere around there, <laughs> amongst quarterbacks. But then the question is: is you know, I don't. Know, I got to figure out. I got to figure out who's who after this season amongst the running backs and wide receivers and who I want. It's not that many players. He's he's gonna I, his ADP. I can see it right now. There's going to be. I'm probably not going to get him because I'm going to talk about him a lot and people are going to jump in and drafts next year and take him ahead of me. You know, in the maybe the second or third round. But he deserves to be taken that highly because of his NFL potential. And I know you two don't believe – well, I at least know Austin doesn't believe me on that one. But but the potential to absolutely um, win you the college side of your leagues next season when he's installed as a starter. Don't I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I think he could be a Malik Willis-type college quarterback for you. Um, but – Going up with here, another running quarterback that has had a pretty massive week here this past week, um, who's just recently been installed in the starter. Another one of your guys there, Caleb Williams. Um, massive week this week, like I said. If uh, and, and he's completely turned this whole offense around. Um, wh- are you taking Caleb Williams? Are you Anthony Richardson? You know, the funny thing is you can just say Caleb Williams, Colin, and then just let me just talk. Okay. Like you didn't have to ask me a question. Um, 
Caleb, Caleb Williams. No, I'm absolutely taking Caleb Williams one because of his pedigree and who his offensive coach is and all of that stuff. And we've seen Caleb Williams unlock all the things that we thought Spencer Rattler was going to do. Get these one-on-one deep situations to Marvin Mims and not Mario Williams yet, but it's coming. And uh, and Mike Woods. We've seen that with Caleb Williams. We didn't see it with Spencer Rattler. And it's because it's because dual threat quarterbacks. This applies to Anthony Richardson. It applies to Lamar Jackson. It applies to uh, to Caleb Williams. They change the math on defense. Offense, defense is about math. You can only guard so much space on the field. Um, uh, dual threat quarterbacks create issues because you have to spy them. If you have to spy them, then you can't have safeties back deep in coverage. So that's why we've been seeing those one-on-ones for Woods and and uh, and Marvin Mims. Because you, you, why is Marvin Mims running down the sideline with a cornerback and no one around him? It's because the person who would be back there is up guarding, uh, spying Caleb Williams. The other thing that he does is with your defensive line, you can't just rush all willy-nilly when you play a dual-threat quarterback. You have to have lane integrity because if you run past the quarterback, you create an open lane for him to take off. So Caleb Williams is doing so much. We've seen it. He's We've seen it against Texas. We've seen it against TCU. He's doing so much for that for the running game for the passing game just by virtue of being the player that he is he's creating opportunities for everyone else and elevating the play of everyone else they even said it during the game that he was elevating the play of the defense and i think they gave up what 38 points against tcu they gave up some but but still that that whole atmosphere it was energized you could hear the crowd the deep i mean the defense they had a defensive touchdown against tcu and you see him on the sideline um, you know, joking around and stuff like that. And gives hats off to Lincoln Riley. Hats off to Lincoln Riley. Caleb Williams was a 55% completion percentage passer in high school. And you look what he's doing with him now. I mean, you can go back to the spring game. I think we all knew, like, we all knew that Caleb Williams was the runner that he was going to be. But the question is, is this guy in high school playing in that tri-state area, Washington, D.C., Virginia, Maryland, was someone who was going to run around, and because cornerbacks in high school couldn't guard their wide receivers for eight seconds while he was scrambling, he would find people open. We didn't realize that he could do all the timing and rhythm and throw deep accurately, and he's doing it. We saw a little bit of it. We saw a little bit of it in the spring game. Say, oh snap! If he's if he's going to be that, he's going to be a problem, and he's only continued that into uh into this season last thing i want to say i don't even remember what the question was last thing i want to say about about caleb caleb williams is um him as a and we overrate this stuff sometimes but but caleb williams as a ceo is a leader in the huddle you could in the limited ability that we got to see him when 24 7 and cbs broadcast his um his commitment you could, I mean, you just hear him talk. You hear him carry himself. And he's, I mean, he's a senior in high school and he's already sounding like, yeah, that sounds like a future coach. That sounds like a, a future face of an organization. And I, and, it, and obviously he was recruiting after that. I think I even put in my notes on, uh, uh, on Caleb Williams that he would be a CEO in the huddle, but he didn't have, he wasn't, he didn't have the accuracy to be, you know, a, 
very a good dynamic quarterback. Well, that accuracy question is out. That extra accuracy issue is out the question now because Lincoln Riley is scheming up one-on-one situations and Caleb Williams is finding it. And he's giving, he's like, he's giving his wide receivers a chance. They think they say that the number that Lincoln Riley, the number one thing that he teaches um, his quarterbacks is not to overthrow the deep ball. And I, I, I think I even heard, I think in our discord, we said that it, it looks like Caleb Williams is leaving some yards on the ground because he was underthrown. Well, that's how he's, that's how he's being taught at, at, at Oklahoma, they teach you not to overthrow the deep ball. At Oklahoma State, with Mason Rudolph, they would teach they would teach him to throw the deep ball like a moonshot, like just throw it way up in the air. So we're anyway. All that to say is, it's a dangerous. He and Lincoln Riley are a dangerous combination. And now, Oklahoma, they had the, the, even though they were undefeated, people were doubting them. Well, we're gonna see how good they get with. Uh, with Caleb Williams at the helm. See, I don't even, what was the question, Colin? I don't, did I, <laughs> like, you don't have to choose between Anthony Richardson and, and Caleb Williams. That you know, they're not going to be drafted near each other, at least not right now. They wouldn't be. Maybe, you know, in two years they would, but um, there's no chance where, where you're, you have to make that pick between Richardson and, and, Will, and Williams, at least right now. Take them both. That's what I say. Take them both. <laughs> With Caleb Williams there, can o- can Oklahoma beat Georgia, who is presumed to be you know by far the number one team in the country at the moment? To me, it all depends on the offensive line defensive line matchup. Like if all if if Oklahoma's offensive line can neutralize Georgia's defensive line, then everything is in play for what Caleb Williams has already been doing. But if they harass, I mean, remember when Kyler Murray was playing Alabama back in the playoffs, and it was like it was ter- it was a terrible first half because he was absolutely getting harassed, and that's what we would see if uh, if 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 Oklahoma's offensive line can't you know stop Jordan Davis and and Noel Smith, what's his name? What's the defensive end's name? The no Noel. Noel is it Smith? Is that his last name? Well, whatever. If they can't stop those guys up front. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a problem, but we've seen this before with dynamic offenses and going up against um, very good defenses. We saw it with Brady and that Giants defense. We saw it with the Broncos when they played the Seahawks, and you know they forced a bad snap like the first play of the game, just got bum rushed. It's 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 gonna be like whether or not that that OU offensive line can keep Caleb Williams clean because it doesn't really matter if he's mobile and dynamic and all that stuff if he's getting pressure right in his face. It just doesn't. It doesn't matter. Uh, De'Ara King. Your thought? No, just kidding. Uh, that's not the question. De'Ara King, is, his career is probably over there at Miami. Uh, has suffered the shoulder injury. He's done for the year here. He's been in college about 15 years now. I, I don't think he has any eligibility left. Miami's looking for the next guy there. Miami's looking for the next guy there. They've got Tyler Van Dyke. They've got Jake Garcia. We've talked a little bit about both of those guys on the show here in the past. What is your preference between those two guys and why? Well, at value, it has to be Tyler Van Dyke because people like you and Colin and all the people who tout these highly touted prospects, which is very easy to do, are all I was never on Jake, Jake Garcia. Garcia. <laughs> I'm not throwing stones at you guys. I, but what I'm, what I guess, what I'm saying is, is that 
um, at least in campus to Canton leagues this past year. Tyler Van, I mean, I was the only one that was drafting Tyler Van Dyke and taking Tyler Van Dyke, and now he's been installed as the starter for, for Miami. And I think, I mean, the coaches are seeing some of the things that I was seeing on his high school tape coming out of Connecticut, I believe. Um, that makes me intrigued. All right, let's talk about checking boxes. We talked about checking boxes with with um, Anthony Richardson and Caleb Williams. Let's talk about it with with Tyler Van Dyke. One, he has a size. He's 6'4", 225. Um, he is very, very mobile for his size. He will take off, and he can outrun linebackers. He can. But the thing that I like about Tyler Van Dyke is that he throws the ball downfield. He is trying to beat your defense, beat your safeties. He's not going to be timid throwing the ball around the line of scrimmage like some sort of uh, Mike, Leak, Mike Leach offense. Um, he is trying to throw, push the ball aggressively downfield. Now, he has a problem with accuracy. He can have a problem with accuracy, but first of all, he's playing at Miami. I mean, I don't know that there's necessarily you know a go-to receiver that's going to for for Miami that's going to really give your um your quarterback a lot of confidence and where you feel like you can just throw it in their area and and they'll make a play but that's the type of quarterback that Tyler Van Dyke is again a freshman he is a freshman he was there last year so technically he's you know either a second year freshman or a red cert freshman whatever you want to call him but he's he's played very well in spots he didn't play well in the first half against Miami I think he was five for 11 but he ends up statistically finishing with a very good day including including bringing Miami all the way back within with a chance to win that game he's got to work on his decision making and he I really wish that he had a you know like a Quentin Johnston or or a um a Jalen Cropper, some 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 receiver that he knew he can throw it to and that player is going to make a play give him confidence um so the question is, is what do I like about him? I, he doesn't have to grow anymore to be an NFL quarterback. He does. He doesn't. His arm strength doesn't have to improve to be an NFL quarterback. Does he have to improve his decision making? Yes, but he went absolutely off against CCSU. I can't even remember what that what that is. Uh, Ten for eleven, two hundred seventy yards, three touchdowns. He only played the first half of that game and then gave way to Jake Garcia. Uh, I mentioned that. Um, I mentioned the UNC game. He went 20 for 45 with one touchdown and three interceptions. I think all three of those interceptions were batted balls. Actually, one of them was a play where he misread a safety trying to hit a seam route. So, yeah, he has to improve. But, again, I mean, for freshmen, for freshmen, I'm, I'm only looking for a few things. I'm only looking for a few things to be excited about the player and to take them in the 40th round because nobody else is paying attention to him because, you know, Jake Garcia is the USC decommit who's going to come in and start for him. So, like, I didn't have to really stress taking Tyler Van Dyke. I could take him where I wanted to. For what it's worth, Tyler, Tyler Van Dyke was basically the equivalent of a prospect, as Jake Garcia was. He was number seven pro-style quarterback in the class of 2020. Uh, obviously the number one quarterback in the state of Connecticut because they don't produce shit there. Um, but, but I mean, he, he was, he, and he was a, a 0.9173. So, I mean, a, a decent uh, four star there. So he's not a, uh, whatever the guy was from, from uh, Mississippi state that Colin was talking about earlier. Chance Levertich. That's the guy. Um, the only thing I'll say about Jake Garcia versus Van Dyke as a prospect is Garcia had way more hype around him again, being a former USC commit. And then the whole story where his parents 
got divorced. So that way he could go try and play football in Georgia, uh, which actually didn't even end up working out for him. Uh, I, I think that, so there was more hype around Garcia as a prospect, but yet uh, Tyler Van Dyke was, was no slouch coming out either. He was a guy that I definitely had kind of had my eye on as a prospect coming out, but uh, honestly just kind of fell off my radar with the Eric King there and Jake Garcia coming and didn't, I think he had a couple snaps last year and then didn't really do much with them. So yeah, I mean, Felix, you're the only guy I heard hyping him up. I tell you what, those parents didn't get divorced for that kid. There was some other stuff going on. In there, so. <laughs> that, that kid, get, he's going to have trauma for the rest of his life. But we got him into high school in Georgia, so all was fine. So Nuts. Uh, Felix, we'll move off the quarterback talk here. One of the other guys you always hype up at the uh, at the running back position, Rashad White. Keeps producing th- limited work at Arizona State. I think running back is the easiest position to scout of all the the positions because you just look at all right, is this can this guy? What type of athlete is he? Um, does he break tackles? Does he catch the pass? Does he catch passes? Yep. All right. Like and then is he ideal size? Is he two hundred at least 210, 215 pounds plus? Yep. Rashad White is. I mean, it's just like and then he's you see he's very efficient in a split backfield there at, a, at Arizona state. He, he was a player who was undervalued. Any of these players who have non-traditional routes, they get under, we talked about Jalen Warren on, on coast to coast last week, non-traditional route, Juco kid who goes to Utah state. And now he's at um, uh, Oregon or uh, Oklahoma state. You know, they, they just get kind of faded because Ramondre Stevenson, another one t- took the road less traveled. Ramondre Rashad White the same way. He's faded a little bit because you know he's not going to have the whatever the breakout age or whatever. I don't know what metrics the spreadsheet simps use to tout running backs, but um, but he's not going to have those things because he's a he was product he wasn't productive until his third year. But when you look at all of the things I just mentioned, size, catch the ball, I, um, uh, athletic ability, he's going to do very favorably in all of those things. And he's very efficient, very efficient with the touches that he gets to a, to a very highly, you know, he's forced Arizona state's hand to, to share the backfield with a very highly touted recruit. And then think about, I mean, think about what he did to nada. I mean, Daniel, was it Daniel, Nada? Daniel, Nada was a very highly touted recruit. Basically we haven't heard from him uh, because of Tranium and, and white, how good they have been. He's locked um, in Rashad White's basement, last I heard, actually. <laughs> right, right. But, I mean, he's – I don't know. I I honestly think that – I look at so few things for running backs. Like, if they're not – like, think about a player like uh, Ulysses Bentley. Like, U- Ulysses Bentley has all of these things, but he'll run right into his, his offensive lineman's back. And it's like, okay, well, this isn't going to work, John Kelly. So, I mean, that's – that's it's. I don't think that that position is that hard to scout. John Kelly is a name that I have not heard in a long time. It's uh, the perfect. It's the per. If you go watch how John Kelly plays football, and then tell me that's not Ulysses Bentley. It's like, dude, like, why are you running into contact where there's all this green space over here? He likes a challenge. What, what can he say? Yeah, that should be a pro, not a con. Felix, come on now. Um, so we we did want to ask you. I know we had you on. Uh, before the season, you gave us some takes, and we're still waiting to see how those uh, turn out by the end of the year here. But we did just want to ask you, taking a little bit of a stock 
uh, through six or seven weeks here. Just some of the the big movers for you, uh, both in a positive uh, direction and negatively as well. Yeah, I was looking at my rankings and um, my rankings were so accurate that I didn't have a lot of guys moving up. It was kind of like just a few places here and there. I mean, some of them I've already talked about. Jake Hayner, Anthony Richardson. Jake Hayner's already up to number 10 in my rankings. I've been the highest on. I think it was number tw- uh, 20. I think he was 20 to start, and now he's up to like 10 or 11, something like that. Uh, Anthony Richardson, Quentin Johnston. Um, <laughs> he is rare. Usually when you have a player that's that big, 6'4", 210, somewhere around there, they're contested catch and contested catch only guys. Well, Quentin Johnson is a deep threat. He runs after the catch. I mean, again, it's just not – like that's not a very difficult analysis. I have – I in looking at Trayson, Trayson Potts, I know he's injured, but in looking at Trayson Potts, how he was used in that first game against Ohio State, I was kind of paying attention because this guy was returning punts. He was lining up in the slot. Um, just showing that the coaches really trusted in him because you're not going to put a punt returner back there if you don't trust him. That's a play that you can always get a turnover. And then lining up in the slot, he shows some some sort of you know uh, ability to to catch the ball. And then he's and I even I even said I think I said this on Debbie Debate too, Austin. I was like he's gonna no maybe I was arguing with Chris Moxley about I thought that Trayson Potts would be good. I think I my emphasis was that he would be using the receiving game. That ended up not being true. But he was just as productive as Muhammad Ibrahim. So um, he's a player that next year, I mean, his value is going to be crazy high. Uh, Spe- speaking know, of which there, Felix, just what, does that take some of the shine off of Ibrahim for you then? This guy that, you know, is getting some hype is could go in the fourth round or something just because he's putting up these monster numbers. And now you've got Potts doing the same thing. I, I never even thought Muhammad Ibrahim was like a draftable player. I mean, I was just going to, you know, he, he was going to find himself on somebody else's dynasty rosters. I didn't have any shares of him just because I didn't think he had, I thought he had zero NFL future is just kind of a volume guy who wasn't necessarily dynamic in any particular aspect of his game. I think that Trayson Potts is better than Muhammad Ibrahim. I think that he is. I mean, you didn't – I just – the the what the coaches showed as far as his usage early on, uh, that's that's an inaccurate statement. What I should say is that I think that Trayson Potts might have more versatility than Muhammad Ibrahim and therefore could be a, – a potentially be a better um, fantasy asset in college and maybe a better asset at the NFL level. He gets there. Um, uh, Josh Downs, Phil Longo, wide receivers. I mean, uh, you, you guys were touting how good in Austin. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing as well as I am in this Thor Nystrom league is because you told me to draft Josh Downs. I think like I think I'm second uh, overall in that league, and he's been carrying my team. Um, and it's, I had a, uh, a conversation with James Chaney last year about Josh Downs, and I'm like, I just don't see it with this guy. But you know what? I just need to feel – I mean, Phil Longo is the answer. It's kind of the same way Lincoln Riley is the answer at, at quarterback. So um, Josh Downs, a big, big riser for me. He's up into my top ten. Um, that's it as far as riser. As far as – I mean, I probably had some other ones. But as far as negative, uh, I'm not sure that Eric Gray – what his role at the next level would be. And quite frankly, I thought it was going to be one and done at Oklahoma, the same way Trey Sermon going to Ohio State was. I don't know if that's the case now. 
Like, I don't know if he stays another season and he and he tries to improve his draft stock because he's taken an absolute backseat to Kennedy Brooks there. And we I, I thought that they would scheme him up to be used all over the place the way you know you would think a allegedly dynamic running back who can catch the ball and make ha- plays happen in space. You thought that that's how they use them. They really haven't. Um, so he's moved down. Justin Ross, great freshman season, injury. Now he's not a separator. He's not explosive. He's like one of the reasons why DJ Uyunglele is playing as poorly, I think, as he is, just because you know you would think that you would be able to hang your hat on Justin Ross being you know a dynamic player, and you just haven't been able to. Uh, oh, Mookie Cooper. This one really hurts me. And I thought it was injury related early on. And I'm like, all right, he's going to recover from this foot injury and then be used all over the place. And he, you know what? We, we didn't get to see like uh Missouri spring game wasn't televised. We just heard about it. Like there were like clips from like the, there were no broadcast clips, but there were like clips from like someone standing on the sideline and like filming stuff. So I'm like, all right, we hear all these reports about Mookie Cooper. Um, he's, he's going to be, you know, he was a, de- a designated as an athlete. He's going to be used in the backfield. He's going to be used on screens. He's going to be used on all this short area stuff. And he's just going to be, and he has 13 catches through five games. We might see a big second half from him, but it hasn't been there yet. So he's definitely someone who's been down for me. And then this is the one I really wanted to talk about, because I would like to get your, you guys opinions on this one too. And it's Kendall Milton. Um, you know, Georgia has this kind of thing where, yeah, you know, they split the backfield up, but we expect those guys to, you know, once one guy leaves and the other guy kind of steps up and he becomes that dynamic player. Well, in the there's there have been enough carries for Kendall Milton where we've seen him break into open space. There's no there's not that much speed. There's not that much lateral agility or if any, as a matter of fact, in the game against Kentucky, um, he had this 35-yard run where he broke to the left side. I'm like, all right, let's see, like show, let's see that you have the breakaway speed. Let's see that you can make one person miss or stiff arm them or run them over or, or something like that. Nope. Don't see it. Don't see it. And it's just been there has been enough of those runs where I'm like, uh, I don't know about this one. And they got Branson Robinson coming in next year. And it's like, you know, you could see Branson Robinson absolutely emerging in that backfield. So um, Kendall Milton is someone who scares me, and I have him rostered a few places. I'm gonna like try to package him and you know grab somebody else. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, if you could get, if you could get, I would would people trade Kendall Milton for Anthony Richardson and Brandon Thomas now? Are those? I mean, I could you make that sort of trade? Does 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 Kendall Milton still have? that high of value of uh, value because he was a top 10 running back to start uh, start the season. I don't know where people, where the community has him overall, but he's definitely someone who's moved down for me. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that too. He's definitely moved down for me as well. I mean, like you said, we knew that they were going to split that backfield up. We knew with Zamir White being there still, he was going to get the bulk of the carries. They still have James Cook there. He was going to get a lot of the passing down work. But at this point, Kendall Milton has had enough carries like you said i mean he's had 49 carries on the season so far and just has not looked explosive with any of them and it just a big stock down there i mean 
I never really thought he was the best athlete, but I thought he was a better athlete than what he's looked like. And then, like you said, Branson Robinson coming in. He's actually somebody that I like a lot. Uh, I, I think he's a guy that could step onto the backfield there for Georgia next year and just kind of break their mold a little bit and get a lot of carries as a freshman. So I, I, I like the idea of selling him now for a, I don't know if you could get Anthony Richardson in a deal for him. It would depend on who has him, but like an Anthony Richardson, Brandon, you Thomas, can't get him from me. I'll tell you that much. An Anthony Richardson, Brandon Thomas package. I don't know if it's something you'd be able to get. You may have to get, a, a notch down at QB if you're pairing it with a guy like Brandon Thomas. But if you could get that, yeah, I'd, I'd move him now. We all play in enough leagues, the three of us. You know, some of your leagues, it's everyone's Debbie crazy. You can probably still move Kendall Milton for close to his name value. And then we know that we're in some leagues that are way heavier CFF. And you know in those leagues, you're not going to get shit for Kendall Milton. We, You just know. And you... You you can just go down the list of leagues and say, okay, that one. You you know ahead of time which ones you're going to be able to move them in. Hmm. All right, Felix. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on here tonight. Um, and uh, thank me, thank me. You're it's really <laughs> really your pleasure. It's really your pleasure. It, it it is. It always is our pleasure, Felix. I look forward to if, having you on. Oh, we we've said we've said this and I've said this to you guys in the in the in our Slack in our uh, little Slack. If you guys had individual podcasts, Austin's would be to uh, to be completely honest. That would be the title of his <laughs> podcast. And Collins, I agree with you there. There we go. That's, that's, we should do some offshoots here, Colin. We'll, we'll yeah. have our guy drop some uh, so, some some logos, and uh, we'll see what we can do moving on from yeah, there. Yeah, I think uh, I mean I'm I'm not ready to break up the band yet, but when we do, I think we already have our names for our pods. There will obviously be artistic differences at some point, yes. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, there's been some pretty serious artistic differences behind the scenes uh, already. Um, and I don't, know what, Felix is I don't know what Felix is doing. <laughs> <laughs> there have already been some artistic differences uh, between us already. It's, it's kind of a miracle that we've, we've kept this thing together for uh, the 50th episode of Campus Life. Yeah, this is the 50th episode, which is weird to say. Okay, so Felix, we're going to get you out of here. Thank you so much again for hopping on here with us. Uh, you can find Felix at Sharp Review on Twitter, and you can find virtually everything he does at campusdecanton.com. Felix, enjoy the rest of your night here, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, he's out of here. All right, Colin. That was a lot of fun. We just have two quick segments Always here, and then we're fun. gonna get, and then we're gonna get out of here. We've got our waiver wire, we've got our start sits. We had to do both of those, uh, even with Felix here on the show. Um, so let's let's jump into the waiver wire here. Last week, just to recap some of the names we told you guys about, uh, we, we told you Garrett Schrader, Jalen Naylor, Cameron Rising, Hendon Hooker, uh, Lad McConkey, and Mitchell Tinsley, all uh, players that are twenty uh, roster twenty five percent or less on fan tracks and most of them lower than 10%. Um, we're coming right back at you with some more names this week, guys. Look, I know we said Cameron rising last week. We are, our hype for him. We took him from 2% to 4%. That is still way too low. Criminal. He, he had another great game uh, this week here. Uh, took Utah to the win over Arizona state. He's got the job locked up there. I would think it's probably his for at least another year if he stays there and wants it. Four percent, very, very low for a guy that that 
is I'm starting him in a couple of leagues this week. I, I think he's very startable moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially as you know, there's, there's bye weeks here and there, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was the past two weeks. Um, at least not for a little while yet, but yeah, absolutely. A guy that you don't even necessarily need to have bye weeks to be able to start. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what he's at on a points per game basis. The last two games compared to everybody else now that he's actually is a starter, but I would imagine it's probably top 30, probably maybe like 25 ish. Yeah, he's been great. I'm pulling up his last uh, his game logs here right now just to look at him. So he put up 32.25 points this week. Uh, the week before, uh, Fantrax, please be nice to me. The week before <laughs> that, he put up 42 points. Yeah, and those have kind of been the two weeks. He, he, he put up 10 the week before that and then 32.25 the week before that as well. And what that's 74 ish points combined. So over two, that's what, like 37 points per game. That'd be the QB one on the year. Yeah. I mean, he's been very, very good. He's a guy that we talked about last off season. We said he's the last, last season, go get Cameron rising. He got injured two games into the year for Utah. Uh, well, but but he's got that job again. I think he's a guy to look at. So you said that last year. Yeah, we so, didn't. I, we didn't. I didn't have a podcast. It's a team year. effort. It's a team effort, Colin. <laughs> Come on. Now. Um, Tyrion Davis Price is only rostered at thirty four percent. We felt obligated to put him in here. This is this is you know I, I'm not. I, I it's it's tempting, and I know he's been dropped in some C two C leagues to just go and burn all the fob that you have on Tyrion Davis Price. How you wouldn't do that? Or I, I don't want to assume anything. Would you do that, Colin? Thank you for not assuming. Thank you for not putting words in my mouth. Um, no, I would absolutely not do that. Uh, yes, he has had two back-to-back really nice games against two pretty good run defenses uh, in Kentucky and Florida. Uh, and given that Keishon Boutte is out, uh, they've kind of been they were kind of looking for a focal point in that offense. Past two weeks, it has been Tyrion Davis Price, but. I still can't trust him. And I also still don't think he is an NFL prospect here. So you're kind of hoping that this is going to be a trend moving forward. We've seen him put up a couple big games before in the past and then fall flat on his face. I, I would definitely put some bids in on him, but I'm not burning my fob, like all of my fob on him. I, I don't trust him and I don't trust the staff there who have, like you said, have just shown a consistent um, swapping uh, of who's supposed to be the guy uh, from week to week. And it seems like that changes just as the wind blows. There's not seem to necessarily always be a rhyme or reason to that. Day uh, Day Hunter, uh, a guy, I think we talked about him a little bit this summer. I know when we did the conference preview, we did, and we might've mentioned him another time as well on the show. He's at Hawaii. He's that running back wide receiver, Calvin Turner hybrid. Calvin Turner is a senior. He will definitely be gone next year. And Day Day has been making some noise this year anyway even with him there um, he's kind of, he's I, I would I would venture to say he is mostly a stash but guys we're seven weeks into the season we are starting to consider stashes so I think even if he does not help you compete this year I'd imagine you probably have enough bench spots uh, to make a day day ad worth it yeah exactly if you know cut at this point you can cut some of those seniors that are borderline guys um you know if you Sean have spend- poke is a guy i just caught him on three teams this week like guys like that yeah i was gonna say spencer sanders <laughs> is a guy you yeah. could cut really too i mean i don't think he's gonna do anything at the next level he's not really doing anything for you college i mean he's 
fine if you have to start him in a super deep league in a pinch. But at this point, he's cuttable. You go pick up guys looking towards the future, and Day-Day Hunter is one of those guys that is potentially going to be a CFF stud next year. Yeah, um, I, I really, really think that he has that capability there. Uh, I mean, Calvin Turner is a top seven or eight scorer in, in fantasy football, so he's going to step into that. Daquan Finn, this is a really deep name, and this is only for really deep leagues, guys, but I wanted to throw this out there. He's a freshman quarterback at Toledo, and he's not actually a freshman. He's, he's I don't know if he went the Juco route or wow, but he, he's been around for a little while. Um, he scored 27 points this week uh, for them. Dual threat measured at a, a four six five forty coming out of high school, um, and to, they don't really have any. Like I, I think he's going to be the starter moving forward. This is his first week starting. He had a nice uh, showing. Again, you know, a, a dual threat third year freshman quarterback at Toledo, probably not NFL value, but I mean, if he keeps that job and he can do that, that's a great guy to have on your bench. Absolutely, and you know, Phil. They'll be looking for a focal point of that offense next year once Bryant Kobach leaves. And I think that could absolutely be Finn. So he's another guy that, you know, you could get some value for this year. You can also stash him for next year because, um, like you said, it's time to start thinking uh, proactively. Yes. Uh, always planning for the future. Um, last one here, Colin. Dylan McDuffie running back at Buffalo. Um, Kevin Marks, I was not aware that he was going to be out this week. He was out. Uh, McDuffie stepped in in his stead, uh, 23 carries, 143 yards, and a touchdown there for him. I have not heard any updated status on Kevin Marks, but McDuffie's only 2% rostered, so there's a very good chance that he's available in your league, and I think that he can certainly be a league winner or at least win you a couple weeks uh, while Kevin Marks is out. Yeah, because that's one of the big, more frustrating things with Buffalo's backfield this year is we thought it was going to be Kevin Marks. We thought he was going to be a CFF stud. Uh, and Buffalo's rushing attack has been good this year, but they've been splitting it up more than we thought. It's been uh, Marks, it's been McDuffie, it's been Cook. And with one of those guys out, uh, you know, obviously very unfortunate for Marks, but it brings a little bit of clarity to the situation there. So I, I was I called Marks as a start last week. Obviously, he didn't start, but McDuffie had a huge day against Ohio's defense. They get Akron's defense this week, too. Akron's got a bad defense. You know, you're definitely, I think, I haven't seen anything about Marks being out. I would imagine he's probably trending towards not playing this week. And even if you only pick McDuffie up for probably what's going to be a minimum bid, I don't imagine too many people are going to be bidding on him. Uh, He's pretty under the radar. But you're at least going to be able to start him this week. You look at my my start sit list for this week, you dog. <laughs> I did not. Um, spoiler alert: I actually did not put him on my list. Okay. I thought about it. I went in a couple different directions. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, so let's let's go into start sits here, Colin. Uh, our last segment here on the show, our weekly segment here, our early week start sits. Each one. Uh, or sorry, we choose 10 stars, 10 sits each. We do not share them before we hop on here. We can have overlapping names. In fact, we usually do have one or two every week. And these are non-obvious names, guys. We are not telling you start Malik Willis, start Bijan Robinson, start CJ Stroud. We are trying to pick some deeper names, especially on these bye weeks. Uh, you really might be scraping some at the bottom of the barrel here. We are trying to give you those names uh, to kind of set you apart uh, in some of your leagues. 
last week, Colin, you went eight and nine. Uh, I went nine and ten. It was not our best effort. Um, it, it took us to uh, fifty-five and oh, that's not correct for you, by the way. It's fifty-five and fifty-two. Oh, that's I was going to say. I was just like, all right, I'm I'm winning now. Yeah, I don't know. Nah. Don't know exactly uh, how that happened, yeah. but I I can't number. Um, yeah, you're yeah. at fifty-five and fifty-two for the season, and I'm at fifty-nine and fifty-four. Um. We 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 both said to sit David Bell last week, and that might have been the stupidest thing <laughs> any of us have I've ever said on this show. Um, and I've said some pretty stupid things on this show, so that's yes. that's impressive. <laughs> All right, Colin, uh, we'll let you go first. Your first start here on your list. Uh, first start on my list this week here. Uh, let me scroll back up. Chris Smith. Uh, they get Arkansas State's running de- uh, defense this week. Arkansas State has a terrible defense rushing. They have a terrible defense passing. Uh, Chris Smith is still in a frustrating committee there with um, is it Montrell Johnson. Is that his name? I believe so, yes. Montrell Johnson and Amani Bailey. It's still a frustrating three-headed committee. but uh, And I th- I think that all three of those guys could be viable options this week if you're absolutely in a, in a pinch. But if you have Chris Smith on your roster, you had him – expecting to be able to start him he really has kind of struggled lately but i think he's gonna have a get right game this week yeah um it's a very good matchup there for them my first one here is jalen knight they play uh, for the running back for miami we talked a little bit about him stepping in here uh for the injured cameron harris earlier they play nc state uh like i said last week he, he had a really good weekend relief there about 165 yards uh total and three touchdowns don't know if he'll quite do that again, but um, you know they like to run the ball, and I just think he's a plug-and-play guy, uh, as the other Miami running backs have been this year. Fight, 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 fight. You have him as I a have, sit. I do have him as a sit. Oh, uh, NC State is the 10th best rushing defense in the country. Uh, I know he had a big week last week uh, after Harris went down, but he hasn't really been the type of back that, they like to feed carries to. I think that was more just kind of in relief in a pinch. NC State also, or and uh, North Carolina uh, also does not have a good rush defense. So I, I, I think that it was more of a flash in the pan. Uh, he could make this look dumb because he does get the receiving game work and they don't have any other receiving options, but I don't think that rushing production is going to be there again this week. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next, uh, next start there for you. Sorry. We'll just, I already just gave off my my one of my sits, but um, it was relevant. Uh, my next start here, Kennedy Brooks. Uh, two games fight, with fight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> in two <laughs> games with Caleb Williams uh, at, at the helm, and one and a half really, but he had 25 carries, 217 yards, and two touchdowns. 20 carries, 153 yards, and one touchdown. They have transitioned more to a running team. They you know, they're, they're running the ball more. And I think that that's going to continue with Caleb Williams at the helm. They're going to want to offload uh, some of the pressure on a freshman quarterback. Uh, and also Caleb Williams opens up a lot in the running game too. Like Felix was spouting on about there, uh, you know, with spouting on. <laughs> poor, poor choice of words. Like Felix, <sighs> like Felix <sighs> was talking about uh, with Caleb Williams and Anthony Richardson, though those Russian quarterbacks open up running lanes for these running backs. And I think that's going to continue this week. Next, Sorry, up. Felix, poor choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was very deliberate. I could tell next up for me, Cameron rising. 
quarterback for Utah. I think he's a must start weekly now. Um, the Utah, uh, they play Oregon State this week. Uh, Oregon State has been slightly vulnerable lately through the air, um, and, and he has the dual threat ability as well. So I, I'm starting Cameron Riser. Uh, I'm starting Raheem Sanders. Uh, he led the running backs in carries again for Arkansas. Arkansas has struggled the last three weeks there. They've just kind of been in a tailspin. Uh, it's been really struggling. They have a get right game this week against Arkansas Pine Bluff. I expect them to blow the doors off of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And I think they're going to do it behind that running game. And I think they're going to do it with Sanders. I also have Sanders. So, and all <laughs> I put for my reasoning is Arkansas Pine Bluff, LOL. That's that's fair. Uh, my next one here, I kept the uh, the reasoning short and sweet. I got Deshaun Corbin. They get UMass. UMass is sixth worst rushing rest, sixth worst rushing defense in the league. Uh, next up for me is Day Day Hunter. I think he's startable again this week against New Mexico State for Hawaii. There, he had a huge week last week. He's explosive. He's a threat every time he touches the ball. Uh, Hawaii is, I think, an 18.5-point favorite last I checked, or at least that's what they opened at. Um, so uh, it's they're going to score some points here, and I think Day-Day uh, gets some of those points. Uh, my next start here is Marquez Cooper, running back for Kent State. Uh, he has, the, three weeks ago, he had 31 carries for 120 yards and two touchdowns. Two weeks ago, 21 carries, 112 yards and a touchdown. Last week, that game got out of hand for them quick. Uh, they ended up losing by 33 points. Western Michigan put up 64 points. Game script kind of got away from him. Um, so he had a rough week last week. But they get Ohio this week. And you said we can't start running backs against Missouri. Start your running backs against Ohio. That's my cheat code. Oh, man. I, uh, I have to make so many rules so that Colin will stop being a jerk. Um, <laughs> this is hard enough as it is. I got to take what I can get. So next up for me is Javon Ducker or, or Jay, uh, as he goes by uh, running back for NIU. He he stepped in last week. Jay, uh, Harrison Whaley was back for NIU and he left the game injured again. So did Ontario Brown, another guy we talked about on last week's show. And that left Ducker, who was the number 15 all purpose back in the 2020 class. He was a pretty good prospect. It was uh, weird that he went to NIU in the first place. He missed last year with an injury that he suffered in the preseason, and they didn't play a full schedule anyway. Uh, but he stepped in last week and had 33 carries for 231 yards in their stead. I think if he's healthy, or if the other two aren't healthy and he's the guy against Central Michigan, it's a no-brainer. You might even yeah. still have him stashed on your roster somewhere if you drafted him a year ago, because he was getting drafted last year. Yeah. No, I, he was a guy that I, I was definitely intrigued by. Um, I think a lot of it depends on who ends up starting for them, but I, I like the call there. What, the uh, thing, Whaley, Whaley coming back and then leaving in that game makes me think that he's probably out again. Um, so I, yeah. now it's just Brown, but we'll see. Uh, my next start here is David Bailey. Going back to the David Bailey well, um, they get Utah State here this week. Utah State's the 13th worst rush defense in the league. Um, Look, I mean, even when even in the weeks where he doesn't really have the most efficient games, we only had 58 yards last week. They feed him the ball around the goal line. He had two touchdowns um, last week. So you, you can pretty much count on on some sort of a touchdown for him most weeks. And, 
you know, he was banged up there for a little bit, but he looks like he's back healthy. I'm back on the David Bailey train. Next, next up for me here is Dylan McDuffie. I'm starting him this week uh, against Akron. Akron is terrible defensively. Uh, I ha- like I said, I haven't heard anything about Marks, but but I'm I'm assuming even if he plays, that he does not have a full role for himself, uh, and so I- I'm comfortable starting McDuffie there. I like that call. He was definitely one of the guys I was considering. Uh, I my next one is Brandon Thomas. He seems to be the lead ball carrier again there for for Memphis. Like we've been Sorry. burned by Thomas in the past, um, but it seems like he's kind of regained that. And UCF just got absolutely gashed by Jerome Ford on the ground. Um, that was definitely their worst game on the ground so far, but they're definitely susceptible to that. Uh, I think we can trust Brandon Thomas again. Well, I believe UCF has lost their two best linebackers and their starting defensive tackle. So you know, talk about running it right up the gut there. <laughs> Three, three pieces you probably don't want to be missing uh, if you have any hopes of defending the run. All right. Here, I can guarantee this is the weirdest name that we've like the weirdest out there name that we've had in any of our start sits here this year. Start Max Bortenschlager. Oh, nice. Yeah. Quarterback FIU against Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is terrible defensively guys quarterback performances this season against uh, western kentucky army actually had a passing touchdown and they like literally don't they don't even care if their quarterback has arms at army because <laughs> they don't intend to pass it they gave up 77 yards in a tutty in that game michael Penix had 373 yards in the game they played and Penix has been garbage this year peyton thorne had 327 frank harris went for 349 and six Old Dominion last week threw for over 300 yards against Western Kentucky. The game total is at 75 points. I doubt that Max Bordenschlager is even rostered in your in your league, but go pick him up and start him this week, and he's going to get you at minimum 30 points. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good call. I, I like that. Um, my uh, my start is not quite as uh, quite as off the radar there. Uh, Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen, 18 carries, 16 carries, back-to-back weeks, uh, over 100 yards and a touchdown in back-to-back weeks, too. Ches Malusi is still there, but it kind of seems like Braylon Allen's taken over here. Uh, I, I'd i like them to, to – to, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to keep feeding him the ball. Uh, they get Purdue. Purdue's coming off that big win, but Purdue's not anything to, to worry about there. I It's Braylon Allen season. Um, uh, that game script in that game was so weird. Allen got like the first, like 12 of the first 13 carries. And then Malusi got the next like 15. I was following that game and I was like, what did he get hurt? Like what the hell? And then he came back at the end of the game. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, we said we were going deep this week, folks. Okay. Darren Granger quarterback for Georgia state. He's been playing decently, uh, taking over for Cornelius Brown, the fourth there. Uh, over the past couple games, and they play Texas State, who has the 94th ranked pass defense. Uh, I'm comfortable starting Darren Granger. That's G R A I N G E R. Uh, that's another guy off the radar there that's probably not rostered anywhere. But yeah. if- our, our, our barely above 500 records sound terrible until you listen to the guys that we're trying <laughs> to give you, and then you're like, oh shit, they're over 500. 
giving us <laughs> not too bad darren granger <laughs> and max Bortenschlager. yeah and so i mean if you have you know a quarterback on a bye this week like if you've been riding adrian martinez and you know now you're a little bit in a tighter spot max Bortenschlager or darren granger uh or my guy clayton toon um clayton toon's probably rostered um in most places there but uh they i mean he he's had some up and down performances this year um but they get and why did that just go away from me here they get east carolina east carolina is the seventh worst pass defense uh they allow 297 yards per game uh and clayton tuna 288 yards and three touchdowns last week so you know he i see a very very similar performance coming this week Next up here for me, uh, Christopher Brooks or whatever. I think that's what he's going by now, the running back for Cal. Uh, He has started to take over the running back touches here recently. Damian Moore has had some fumbling issues. uh, And Colorado is just, uh, they've had some injuries at at key positions that they could not afford, but Colorado is just a bad football team. Um, And and so I think generally I'm not starting anybody on the Colorado and I'm, I'm starting anybody that's playing against them. That includes Brooks. Uh, my last one here, uh, Hassan Haskins. Uh, they get uh, Northwestern this week, and this is not the Northwestern team that you're used to. Their run defense is bad. Uh, they're the 12th worst in the country. They gave up 208 yards per game. Uh, Hassan Haskins actually has the most carries on Michigan. I mean, Blake Corum has been getting the hype because he has been uber efficient, but Hassan Haskins has more carries. He has averages 4.9 yards per carry. So it's not like he's been, you know, awful when he's got his touches and he's tied with Blake Corum for the league uh, for the team lead in eight with eight touchdowns. Uh, I think this is a week where you're definitely starting Corum, but I would start Haskins as well. If you have him. last one here for me is Jaden Delara quarterback at Washington state. Uh, right before we went uh, live here recording, it broke that Nick Rolovich is no longer the head coach at Washington state. Um, uh, for multiple reasons there. Uh, but I don't think that affects Jaden Delara this week. Look, guys, BYU is not a very good team. They were severely overrated. Uh, teams have been able to move the ball. Uh, any any team that's been decent offensively has been able to move the, wall, the ball at will against them. Uh, and Delara's been pretty good uh, over the past three to four weeks. So I think that continues. Yeah, when they, it's amazing when they actually, you know, let him start. It's amazing what he can actually do. You're trying to tell me he's better than Jarrett Garantano? I would never say that. That's hmm. that's crazy talk. Crazy. All right, Colin, name your 10 starts all in one place here. I'll name mine, and then we'll go into our sits. Okay, mine I have Chris Smith, Kennedy Brooks, Raheem Sanders, Deshaun Corbin, Marquez Cooper, David Bailey, Brandon Thomas, Clayton Toon, Braylon Allen, Hassan Haskins. And I have... Where'd I go here? All right. Jalen Knighton, Cameron Rising, Day Day Hunter, Javon Deck, Ducker, Dylan McDuffie, Max Bortenschlager, Darren Granger, Christopher Brooks, Jaden Delara, and Raheem Sanders. All right. On to our sits. I- I'll kick this one off here, Colin. I'm sitting yeah, Tyon Evans used, and Jab- I already used Knighton. So, oh, yeah. Good point. So that just works perfectly. Yeah. I- I'm sitting Tyon Evans and Jabari Small this week. They play Bama. Uh, I'm, I haven't heard status. Hendon Hooker left there at the game uh, against Ole Miss late. They brought in Joe Milton. Uh, if Hooker is not there, I just don't trust this offense at all uh, against uh, an Alabama team that is 
awake now. Um, so I, I, I don't think either of those guys are going to be startable. No, I actually have both. I have Tennessee RBs as well. Um, Tyon Evans, uh, he didn't, did he not play last week or did he get banged up last week? And, and then like, I don't Jabari small had the numbers last week. Yeah. I don't think he played <laughs> or he okay. might've been dressed, but didn't really play. Um, uh, but either way. Yeah. Gotcha. Either way. It doesn't matter. I'm not starting either of them. Uh, next up for me is the Minnesota running backs. Um, uh, I still don't really feel comfortable projecting who the guy is going to be there. Uh, this past week, who was it? Bryce Williams, I believe, who had yeah, like 100, even. had like 127 yards and a not touchdown. Even was was not even on my radar. Look, guys, I I we were talking about Max Bortenschlager and Darren Granger on the show. We we go through a lot of names here on on, on our on the show. I've never heard of Bryce Williams before, uh, before this past week. Um, nope. So. And, and can't actually, so I could have mentioned that Cam Wiley entered the transfer portal as well. They're running back there. Um, a, a guy that we thought maybe could, could be in the mix for that job, but regardless, I'm just, I'm setting them all this week. Yeah. And they, they split up carries more than we're used to there as well. I mean, Brandon Williams had a big, or yeah. Um, Williams there had a big game, but uh, Irving had seven carries. Kai Thomas had seven carries. Kramer also had six carries. I'm with you, but I did not pick them actually. Um, my sit here is Jalen Warren, uh, running back Oklahoma state. They get Iowa state this week. Uh, Iowa state is the 14th best run defense in the country. Uh, they give up 97.3 rush yards per game. I don't necessarily think that it uh, excludes Warren, but the biggest, one of the other big factors here is this is going to be a low scoring game. Oklahoma state gives up 19 and a half points per game. Iowa state gives up 16 and a half points per game. I haven't looked to see what the over-under is in this one, but I do not imagine it's very high. It's going to be slow. It's going to be low scoring. Both of these teams are good run defenses. You're still starting Brees Hall, but you don't have to start Jalen Warren. Uh, the only the only reason I did not put him down and I considered him is because if Oklahoma State moves the ball at all, it's probably a Jalen Warren that does it. <laughs> uh, either him or Tay Martin, the wide receiver there. So I just... I have always hesitant to sit guys like that. We said that Sean Tucker, you should, you know, start last week against Clemson and, and he did something. So that, well, you said that I said that it's like kind of in that category for me. Like, well, if they're going to do something, it's got to be Warren. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting Sir Roderick Thompson this week. Um, they play Oakland. No, Kansas, Kansas state. state. Um, and uh, Kansas state has, I believe the 26th ranked rush defense. It's a, it's a pretty strong unit. 22nd. That's pretty close. I, I wrote down Roderick Thompson and then realized that I put zero information along with it. I was like, ah, this is good. Well, so, that's all right. I got did you. you also, did I you also, also put Roderick? I also put down Roderick Thompson. Uh, Kansas State, 22nd best rush defense. Uh, look, tech, uh, Texas Tech has been moving the ball on the ground. They had four rushing touchdowns last week. Thompson had none of them. Which is mind thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trusting Sir Roger Thompson either. Uh, next up for me then is Trey Turner, another guy that I said to start next week. Um, and I don't know. <laughs> they just scored seven points. I, I don't know what happened. Um, Syracuse plays low tempo. They have a decent pass defense. I think that Trey Turner is the guy that they'll be keyed in on. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm sitting him this week. Um, I am sitting Jahan Dotson this week. Oh, what? Look, if if Sean Clifford's ends up starting, you can disregard this. But I'm not optimistic. 
But James Franklin is typically very vague when it comes to injuries. Uh, he typically likes to hide things, but he's been deflecting this question. He's just been choosing to not answer it. Uh, he has said he's not ruled out. I'm not optimistic Clifford plays this week with that rib injury. And if he doesn't, Taquan Roberson's starter there, he couldn't even get a snap off last week. And when he did, and when he did throw the ball, it was abysmal. He is not a FBS quality quarterback. I don't know why Penn State still has him on the roster. Uh, I Don't start Jahan Dotson this week unless Sean Clifford starts. But I will keep him on here without that caveat. I keep forgetting that Sean Clifford is probably uh, not playing this week. So I'm, I'm going to go back to the, the, the sit Jarek Broussard. Well, again, guys, Colorado, they played Arizona last week and he scored five points. The Colorado offense is just terrible, terrible. I don't, I, he's got to be one of the biggest fantasy disappointments this year. And I think a decent portion of it is, is not even due to him. It's just the team sucks. I don't think anybody could really perform in that on that team. I think Bijan Robinson would struggle to do a lot on Colorado <laughs> right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry that you guys have uh, like, because you probably were counting on him to start for you. And I just don't think he's startable this week or rest of the season. Uh, I, my next guy is actually a guy who's kind of in that boat too. And this one kind of hurts me here. He's not quite in Jarek Broussard, never starting territory, but cause he was a start for me last week. That's Devin Neal. Look, I like this player. I really do. And it's good to see him getting the bulk of the work there. But this team, this Kansas team and this offense, I just don't think they're good enough to sustain a reliable fantasy option week in and week out. I just I have a hard time starting him in anything but the juiciest of matchups. If they get an FCS school, sure, start him. Other than that, I'm probably sitting him. Um, next up for me here, uh, the ECU backs, uh, Houston actually has a decent rush defense for once. And, uh, we've talked about, uh, starting Keaton Mitchell, uh, once or twice on the show. We've probably, one of us has said Roger Harris at some point too. Uh, but I, I wouldn't start either of them, uh, this week. Um, yeah, I've definitely said Roger Harris once or twice on here. Um, I'm a big Roger Harris guy, so I'm not faulting you for that. My, uh, my next sit here is Greg Bell running back for San Diego state. Uh, they get Air Force this week, and Air Force has the ninth best run defense in the country. You know, we thought maybe that was a bit of an aberration, uh, but they've kept it up. You know, they held uh, Zazavian Valaday in check. Uh, they've just week in, week out, they've had a really tough run defense. I don't trust Greg Bell this week. Uh, next up for me is a bit of an odd one. Uh, but I'm sitting Ja'Cory Roberson this week. They play Army. Army's not a great team. Uh, but they also have the 39th ranked pass defense, and that's with them having played Western Kentucky, which skews the stats a little bit because nobody stops Western Kentucky passing. <laughs> it's a projected low game total overall. Uh, and, and the other thing is that jacory has been fine this year. We thought when Donovan Green went down, that meant that Jacory was just going to just go bonkers. Uh, but they've spread the ball around there uh, a pretty decent amount. I believe Roberson has 31 catches, and they've got two other guys with 23 and 21. So, I mean, they're, they're splitting that up. Or, sorry, targets. Or, or sorry, catches. Did I say mm -hmm. carries? I meant catches. Uh, yeah. So, um, I, I'm sitting Ja'Cory Roberson this week. That could come back to bite me in the ass. But. Um, my next one is is one that I think could come back to bite me in the ass potentially. But I still feel pretty good about this one. Kobe Pace. 
Um, Pitt's run defense, they only let up 100 yards per game, 17th best in the country. Um, if they're going to move the ball, it's probably going to be through Kobe Pace because nobody else has been good. But this is also another case of, is this offense even good enough right now to sustain a fantasy asset? Uh, and Kobe Pace only had 14 carries last week. Uh, Phil Moffa had nine, so he's only five carries behind him. So while Kobe Pace has been the lead back, Moffa may be closing that gap a bit. My next one, my next sit here is Chase Brown, uh, running back at Illinois. Uh, Penn State has top 30 uh, rush defense. And I just, you know, he, he does well in games uh, where the game script is going to be favorable for the Illini. But if it's the opposite, he struggles. And this is going to be one of those games, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think I would start him even if Clifford sits. Uh, if If Clifford sits, like I think he will, this is probably a game to take the under on, to be honest with you. Um, my next sit here is Caleb Ellaby. Uh, he great week last week, 307 yards, three touchdowns through the air, 33 yards rushing a touchdown on the ground. They put up 64 points total. Uh, but Toledo is the 14th ranked pass defense. Uh, this is a bad, this is a solid defense here. And Caleb Ellaby has been very hot and cold all year. He had eight fantasy points the week before last where he last week he put up 32 um i'm not starting this week next up for me is aeneas smith uh i think you had him as a sit last week and he scored a touchdown which basically tanked uh uh, that play uh but I, i again think that this game will get out of hand early and i think there is no touchdown this week to kind of buoy those stats and so i think he's a sit that was my hope last week but here we are I'm, I'm, um, it's a dangerous game. Apparently I'm, I'm prepared to play it this week. Uh, this is my last sit here. Uh, South Carolina running backs. Look, I'm done. I am done with South Carolina running backs. I'm not starting any of them for the rest of the year, unless there's only one back left. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this game. Zaquandre white led the team last week with 12 carries. Uh, Kevin Harris had six and then Marshawn Lloyd had another six. They played Vanderbilt last week, and they only had 117 total rush yards. And Vanderbilt is terrible. I don't care who they play. I'm not starting any of these guys. Uh, you, you can't trust them. You finally learned your lesson. Um, so uh, we, we do have another fight, fight, fight here. I forgot that I put this name down. Uh, I, I sit Braylon Allen this week. Uh, they split those carries pretty evenly between him and Malusi. Uh, he had a huge touchdown run, which kind of uh, made his, his day look a little better than it was. Uh, and Purdue held Tyler Goodson last week to only 68 carries. Or, yeah, 68 carries. 68 yards. I mean, I, they're they're not a premier rush defense, but I think they're a little underrated in that regard. Um, so I, I'm sitting Braylon Allen this week against uh, against Purdue. So is that that's all 10, right? Uh, yeah, that's all 10. Okay. And Purdue uh, has the... Uh, Purdue lets up 117 rush yards per game. So, yeah, okay. Not bad. Not bad. Um, all right, Colin, go ahead and name your 10. I'll name mine, and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here. Um, Jalen Knighton, um, Jalen Warren, Jahan Dotson, Tennessee running backs, Devin Neal, Greg Bell, Sir Roderick Thompson, uh, Kobe Pace, Caleb Ellaby, South Carolina running backs. All right, and for me, uh, Kion Evans slash Jabari Small, the Minnesota running backs, Sir Roderick Thompson, Trey Turner, Jarek Broussard, the East Carolina running backs. I, I apparently just want you to sit all of your running backs this week. 
Don't uh, start any running backs except for Jalen Knighton, but don't start Jalen Knighton because I said not to. Just leave it blank. <laughs> Ja'Cory <laughs> Roberson, Chase Brown, Ania Smith, and Braylon Allen. All right, guys, that is going to be our show uh, for tonight. Again, a special thanks to Felix for hopping on here with us uh, to talk a little bit about the first half of the season. Uh, if you liked listening to Felix and his sultry, sultry voice, you can find him on the Debbie Debate, uh, one of the podcasts here at campusdecanton.com, along with the Fantasy Football Roundtable and Why Wait Till Sunday. Uh, please continue to check out all of the content that we have that comes out weekly over there. I believe Matt and I will have a early look at some of the 2022 freshman running back video coming out this week, which will be uh, a, a, a decent watch there. Yeah, we're recording that one tomorrow. So that should be good. Uh, and check out the Discord as well, guys. If you guys are uh, joined into the site and you're not in the Discord, we talk all sorts of different start sits and trades and, and just, you know, the breaking news, injuries. Prospect uh, talk. Yeah. DFS. I mean, Betting. all sorts of different stuff in there. Um, so so a good place to be as well. Uh, tune in uh, later in the week uh, for our NFL side of the show. Can't bound. Until then, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Have a good week, guys.